Welcome to the Ponder a New Podcast. I'm Pastor Rob Myallison, and in this podcast we ponder anew the ancient and sacred stories of Scripture and what they mean for this time and this place. This is our first season of this, and we're looking at the book of Nehemiah, who was called to rebuild the ancient city of Jerusalem. And uh, that's because uh, we're all in a phase of rebuilding as we emerge out of the pandemic. Uh, Before I get into today's episode, I want to say that we're almost at the end of of season one here as we, um, yeah, kind of wrap up Nehemiah. We're only going to be in chapter 5, but again, the second half of the book, uh, we're not going to cover in as much depth. And what I'd like to do for the final episode, or maybe even sort of a a postlude or an epilogue to the season, is just invite you, if you have any questions about Nehemiah, or even just more generally about the Bible, uh, things that maybe the podcast brought up for you, or you've just been sort of like wanting to to ask about how the Bible was formed, you know, where do books like Nehemiah come from, or whatever it is, I invite you to uh, email or text or let me know about them because I'm really thinking for the last episode, either half of it or or all of it, to uh, just answer people's questions that they might have uh, about uh, Scripture and, and how to read it and how it's formed. But today for our episode, we're going to be thinking um, a little bit about the after trauma rebuilding. Uh, In other words, we had this great and crazy uh, sort of spring of 2020 and sort of all sorts of ups and downs. And now sort of in some ways the worst of the storm has passed, Uh, but we know that uh, life isn't quite back to to normal. And I want to, we're going to look at uh, chapter five of Nehemiah, uh, where Nehemiah has to lead after the crisis. And uh, what else then happens? So without uh, further ado, let's continue the rebuilding. Chapter 5 of Nehemiah. And by this point, the wall is not entirely done. But it's, it's clear that uh, they're on a trajectory to finish. Okay. And uh, what happens, though, <laughs> that the problems still go on. Okay. Nehemiah tells us, Now there was a great outcry of the people and of their wives against their Jewish kin. For there were those who said, With our sons and our daughters, we are many. We must get grain so that we may eat and stay alive. There were those who said, We are having to pledge our fields, our vineyards, and our houses in order to get grain during the famine. And there were those who said, We are having to borrow money on our fields and vineyards to pay the king's tax. Now our flesh is the same as that of our kindred. Our children are the same of our children. And yet we are forcing our sons and daughters to be slaves. And some of our daughters have been ravished. We are powerless. And the fields and vineyards now belong to others. Nehemiah tells us, I was very angry when I heard their outcry and these complaints. After thinking over it, I brought charges against the nobles and officials and said to them, you are taking interest from your own people. Nehemiah is discovering here that just because the initial crisis is over doesn't mean the work of rebuilding has stopped. 
And I think for us, what, what we uh, need to hear, need to be reminded from, is that yes, the illness from COVID, who knows again what's going to happen with the variants, but realistically has really waned at this point. And in most parts of America, we're going to be able, with only the most minimal restrictions, to carry on the next six months. In short, the pandemic, by and large, is, is not impacting us in the same way. Again, we're sort of at this Nehemiah point where the dust is kind of settling. The trajectory is clear now. There may be some hiccups, but we know where this is going. And, 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 the, and the hard work for Nehemiah of rebuilding is almost done. The hard work for us of, of getting over the sort of the medical implications of the pandemic are over. Yet, just as Nehemiah discovers, there are still problems. There are still challenges. I went to the grocery store the other day, and, well, I uh, went to buy my, my pandemic cereal. I've been eating crackling oat bran. Decided to have a little more sugar in my diet during COVID. This is my indulgence. Now I'm living on the edge. And uh, they don't have it. For a month now, I have only been able to find crackling oat bran at one of the four grocery stores in town. Like the supply chain is, is messing up this uh, basically sugary oat, oatmeal uh, cardboard that I enjoy every morning. And uh, so just these are like little reminders that, you know, the, the disease medically is more or less over, but the implications are still going on. And I think this is this, this moment for Nehemiah where it's like, I thought the hard part was going to be building the, building the wall. But it turns out that the hard part is actually what comes after. And what I just want to push this a little bit deeper, and uh, in, in leadership language, they often differentiate between technical challenge and adapt, sorry, technical change and adaptive change. And technical change uh, doesn't necessarily involve technology, but it involves a situation where you sort of can identify the problem and identify the solution, and you can implement steps to get there. So, for instance, say the technical change, uh, this, this sort of rebuilding effort, would have been reopening worship indoors. And uh, this involved working through some guidelines, coming up with some stuff, implementing, and reevaluating. And I, and I chose that intentionally because it didn't involve technology, although I could have done the same thing for earlier in the year when we had tried to develop and had developed online worship, right? It's something where you sort of can identify the problem, you can identify the solution, and you can break it down into the incremental parts where you need to get from point A to point B. And my sense is that for most of us in the last year, in our family, in our workplace, uh, nonprofits, church, we can think about some sort of technical change walls that we've had to rebuild. Um, but realistically, the, the harder challenges are often those that involve the heart, uh, that involve a change of culture, or what's often called adaptive, adaptive challenge changes within the leadership uh, books. So Nehemiah here, he can get the people to build a wall, but now he's starting to realize like, oh, the challenge here is actually rebuilding the community. 
again, the, the easy part was the bricks and sort of sticks and stones and bricks. The harder part is the human heart. And, and this is uh, what I think many of us in 2021 are waking up to is, is the realization that we've just have a lot now of sort of heart or, or culture change that we have to, to wrestle with and to figure out uh, what this actually looks like and what this, this means. Again, an example of an adaptive challenge. And uh, before I get this one, I want to go back to the, the text in the Bible. That what happens in Nehemiah's case is that um, there, there are two things that bring about the necessity of adaptive change. And the first is that there is an external circumstance which has changed the um, sort of the, the market conditions, uh, has changed the, the business operating field, has changed the territory. And that is that there's a famine. Again, often when there are great changes beyond one organization, it's not like the, it's not like the Israel, the city of Jerusalem government failed. It's just there was a famine, something, something again, out of the control sort of changed. And this is forcing um, beyond like, well, we can sort of simply make more widgets. There's just not as much food now to go around. Okay, so, so there's a, a, a change that is beyond, um, again, the, the capacity of one institution to simply do better what they were doing. Um, in other words, they don't necessarily have the resources within, uh, obvious at that moment, to, to move ahead. The second thing is that there's also some internal changes that are happening. And what's happening in this case is that Nehemiah's efforts at rebuilding have started to bring the community together. And, right, they're working together to build this wall, and then suddenly afterwards, they're like, well, hold on, like, if we're going to build this wall together... Like, now we're kin. We're kin again, and they're doing this, and they're not treating us fairly. In other words, there's been some, some changes on the inside, and those changes are, are creating some... There, there's a new synthesis that has to emerge, in, in this case in, in Scripture, of social responsibility to each other in the tribe. Uh, but, but that's brought about because there, there is now this, this sort of this new behavior pattern that the people are working together across classes to build the wall. And now this is creating, again, um, sort of this, this newly emerging thing um, isn't the way the system had worked before. So, so the necessity of adaptive change uh, can, can happen when there is an external, uh, sort of out of the control of the system, or it can happen when, again, there's something inside that has happened that is just fundamentally changing the way the people on the inside behave. And especially if you have those two things coming together, that's, um, that's where you start to have a lot of pressure for, for adaptive change. Uh, so, again, in, in our church, one of the things that's happened um, is that, um, you know, COVID is a respiratory-borne illness, so it sort of forces us to worship in ways that we hadn't before. And it really restricts, uh, for a long time, uh, the church's comfort with singing. And it really affect, and, and many musical groups had to stop singing the way they had, if not all together. If anything, we were just having sort of really small ensembles, typically like one soloist, maybe duets for a long time. Um, not a lot of congregational singing. And uh, so, so now on the other side of it, um, we've got to sort of figure out, especially for one particular service, what does the congregation song look like at this point? Um, 
and, and some patterns that we had before have, have really changed. And, I don't, and um, there's a whole bunch of factors. We just can't go back to where we were. Like we can't just do better what we were doing. We're, we're kind of going to need to think through and feel through and pray through. Uh, what does is, what is a new synthesis actually look like? So I know I am um, speaking uh, long here, but I think this is, is really helpful uh, when, when we uh, approach any situation. But I think also sort of thinking about 2020 versus 2021. 2020 likely involved for most institutions um, technical change at a very quick pace where we were always having to pivot. But most of the time, even though we didn't feel like we had the resources um, it, it was typically doing new things, um, but, but they, they, because so often they felt like short-term things, they didn't necessarily change immediately who we were as institutions. But after doing them for a year and a half, and now in 2021, now we're starting to face more adaptive challenges. So now the question isn't so much how, but the question is why. And the obstacle isn't resources, but the obstacle is more culture or heart. So again, the 2020 for a church, it was, you know, how do we do online worship? 2021, it's why do we do this? Really, whom are we reaching? And, and to what extent is virtual community going to be our target or our goal? Or are we not going to view it as legitimate in the same way? Right. So, so this is the kind of, so again, we're moving from the how to the why. And what Nehemiah is having to do here is, again, he's having to move from the how do I build a, a wall to why are we in community together? And what are the implications of that? So now we pick up, and I return to Nehemiah in verse uh, 7 here. So he says to them, uh, depending on translation, you might have interest or usury. You are charging, you're extracting usury from your own countrymen. So I called together a large meeting to deal with them and said, As far as possible, we have bought back our Jewish brothers who were sold to the Gentiles. Now you are selling your brothers only for them to be sold back to us. They kept quiet because they could find nothing to say. So I continued, what you're doing is not right. Shouldn't you walk in fear of God to avoid the reproach of our Gentile enemies? I and my brothers and my men are also lending the people money and grain. But the exacting of usury stop. Give back to them immediately their fields, vineyards, and olive groves and houses, and also the usury you are charging them the hundredth part of the money, grain, new wine, and oil. We will give it back, and we will not demand any more from them. We will do as you say. Then I summoned the priests and the nobles and officials to take an oath that they had promised. I also shook out the folds of my robe and said, In this way may God shake out of his house any possessions, any man who does not keep his promise. So may such a man be shaken out and be emptied. And the whole assembly said, mm, Amen, and praised the Lord. And the people did as they had promised. Nehemiah does some things here in terms of adaptive change, which I think are really commendable. And what Nehemiah, the first thing that, and I'll probably spend most of the time on this, is that Nehemiah puts his own skin in the game. And Nehemiah says, look, I and my, and my house, my brothers, we're no longer going to do this practice. 
this is not right. So he acknowledges his own need for change, and he also puts skin in the game. He puts resources there. He recognizes that this is going to have a cost for him. It's interesting that the literature on adaptive change focuses far less on how one can create adaptive and culture change and focuses far more on the need of the one who wants to do it, what kind of emotional toughness it will require. <laughs> Again, when the books talk about adaptive change, how to change a culture of a place, they will focus less on actually how to do that, although there are things that are necessary to do, and it's more on the emotional wear and tear that it has on a leader. Because inevitably, to really change a culture of a place is going to require taking risks and getting buy-in from other people and likely dealing with the inevitable system pushback to restore the previous stasis. And so Nehemiah's got to put his own skin in the game. And so my, my question for you then is when you think about your rebuilding efforts in 2021 here, what are some ways in which you have had to put your own skin in the game? And what are some ways in which you are still called to put skin in the game? And I think this then, some of you may, as you listen to this, may be saying, Rob, I don't feel like I have anything right now. I feel like I'm really pretty spent. And I know in my last podcast, I really reflected uh, a lot on um, sort of the fatigue that, that comes out of this. And I don't want to belabor that, but I do want to say that uh, if we're really going to do the rebuilding effort that is necessary, I think many of us, are, again, are waking up recognizing that 2020 was more about doing how questions very quickly. And 2021 is likely more about doing why questions a little bit more slowly and prayerfully and in some ways at an even higher cost uh, emotionally. Uh, and I know of many churches, in fact, that have had more conflict in 2021 than there has been in 2020, because in 2020, everybody was just so impressed the churches or businesses were doing X, Y, and Z. But now, as again in this year, I sense more, more conflict, more ambiguity, because now these culture changes are coming, and the system wants to pull itself back to how it was, but so many of the pieces of the system no longer fit the way they were, right? So this is um, businesses that are now asking their employees to come back, and some employees are quite happy, and others are not, and others simply have made lifestyle changes that make going back to the office five days a week almost inconceivable. Again, the, the system right now doesn't want... We all sort of emotionally want it to go back, that's the stasis, the low energy point, what it was, but the system pieces aren't pulling back that way. And that will often, again, especially in the leadership role, demand something of us. 
And so I would, um, first of all, encourage you then this summer to do what you need to do to recharge your batteries because the reality is that the next six to 12 months um, are, are not going to be a simple return to what it was, but a, a time of a lot of ambiguity and a time again of wrestling with deeper questions. Like now that I can see my family more often, I realize I don't have as much in common with them and how do I deal with this? That's not true in my case. I mean, that could be true in your case though, right? So on all of these levels, family, business, church, nonprofit, organizations, neighborhoods, perhaps even more largely as a nation, there, now we sort of see where Nehemiah has to take leadership. He's got to take a public role. Uh, there's a symbolic gesture there. But what I want to focus on is that it costs him something. And, and really, the sort of the longer soul work of asking the why questions and uh, being open to that kind of change in ourselves and in our organization, that's the hard work. That's the hard work. So uh, I would, to sort of branch it all, to summarize it all together, uh, in Chapter 5, we sort of have some aftermath where we began... Uh, you know, the previous chapters in sort of this, this effort that Nehemiah undertook. And it seemed heroic, and it went quickly, and he fought some opposition. But now that it's done, there is still this challenge. And for all of us, I think in 2021, we're discovering that life just isn't clicking back to normal, and that this is, there's sort of some, some unease there. And I'd like to suggest that that's because we're now moving out of technical challenges to adaptive challenges. We're moving out of where we knew there was a how question, and we just sort of had to figure out how to get the resources. Now it's a why question, and it's often involving the heart, and there's a bit more uncertainty about what it even will look like on the other side. And these are being brought about by external changes, as well as just the way in which the last year and a half has, has changed us, who we are as individuals, as families, as systems, as organizations, as churches. And so there's, there's this struggle now. What does the new synthesis look like? And for those of us that are involved in that and really are going to work through it, we're going to have to recognize that inside of ourselves, and if we're a leader then inside of others, there's going to be this pushback to the way it was and that that driving through to the new synthesis will take time, but will also take some sacrifice, some compromise, some giving up, some opening ourselves up um, to, to what God is doing in our lives. So I, I hope that's uh, given you some, some uh, thought uh, for today. Uh, again, what I'm, what I'm hoping to do is we sort of wrap up Nehemiah here. I won't spend as much time in the second half of the book. We're, we're actually almost done the summer series here. But if you have any questions about the Bible, I'd love to just hear them. Uh, email me, text me, call me. Yeah, you invite me out for, for a beer or a bagel or a crackling oat bran. Uh, but, but no, and I'd love to just hear them. And again, I'm thinking about making an episode in which we uh, engage in that. Uh, but every week we're having anywhere from like eight to ten people at the local uh, brew pub, and that's been uh, really great. Um, so, uh, a good day here to reflect on, on changes, adaptive and technical changes. And so, I would invite us to conclude then with a prayer. Holy God, we thank you that you give us insight and skill and resources to solve problems 
in our lives and the ways in which in the last year you showed us the way forward and provided for us. And this year, though, we feel that we wish it were over, but we know there's so much that sort of isn't back in line, and there's so much work that has to be done, and we often feel so overwhelmed and and most deeply unsure, but aware that it's going to cost us something. So we ask you to strengthen us and not just give us knowledge, but give us wisdom to how we and the organizations, the church, the families, the institutions, the businesses that we're a part of may truly heed your call into this new normal. This we pray through our Lord's name. Amen.